You ready? I'm ready. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We're both ready. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Come on. <laughs> Is this real life? Hey there, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where our mission is to inspire, connect, and empower the world to learn English the fun, natural, and real-life way. We believe that English should not be a dry and boring school subject, but an inspiring and enriching lifestyle that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. In this podcast, you will have lots of fun, learn plenty of new expressions, and drastically improve your listening comprehension. We'll also teach you the secrets of native pronunciation, connected speech, and help you tune in your listening and speaking to the rhythm and flow of English. So sit back, relax, and let's get on with the show. Oh yeah, what's going on? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, and effective way to learn English. So download this podcast now and listen to us while you are working out at the gym, catching the train, washing the dishes, or hitchhiking. Hitchhiking, nice. Hitchhiking and listen to podcasts, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, what is hitchhiking, by the way? Hitchhiking is when you're on the road and you're asking for a ride from people. You put your thumb out. Cool. So I'm joined here today in the studio with my co-host, the man who has recently met Carmen Miranda in Rio de Janeiro, right? Is Carmen Miranda? I don't know who Carmen Miranda is. She's the woman who sang at the Copa, Copa Cabana, na 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 Havana. You don't know that song? I, oh. I don't know the song. I didn't know I met her. Wow. Oh, okay. It's pretty cool. Well, you probably didn't because she actually has passed away. She died, but she's a symbolic person from, from Brazil, from Copa Cabana. Ah, so anyway, yeah, let's introduce you. This is uh, Justin Murray. Hey. What's up, guys? Great to be here again. Yeah. How you doing today? Doing pretty well. Yourself? Pretty good. Me and Justin actually just had lunch to plan the podcast over lunch. Yeah. Pretty good lunch. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. I like the sun-dried tomatoes that that restaurant has. They are nice, but they have few vegetarian options. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of frustrating. Oh, really? Yeah. They have a uh, they have a pretty good meat selection. They have <laughs> <laughs> they have like barbecue there. They have a big choice of meat. If you stick around to the end of this podcast, we are going to give you an awesome tip on pronunciation and how to pronounce the American T sound. Mm, nice. So let's jump straight into this. Let's start off with the shout outs. You know you make me wanna. Justin, I believe you wanted to give a special shout out today from someone from the real life community? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to Nancy because Nancy is just a really awesome member of our community and personal friend and she really invests herself in our group and, and she takes care of it and it's really awesome to have her there. Mm -hmm. She's a, definitely irreplaceable. She's a very cricket person. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's inventing new words in the English language. Yeah. She's actually even made a real life dictionary of just some words that we've made in the community, right? Yeah. I think she mentioned cricket. What's cricket exactly? Cricket is like a word for many things. Yeah, it's. I think she just uses it to, to replace words that she doesn't it's know. It's like not cricket means not like, okay, not acceptable. Okay. It's a crickety good word. <laughs> it's a crickety good word. There's a few more there. There's like, oh yeah, obviously yeah. we and Trevor invented that one. Yeah, so Nancy, she's a really great member. Mm -hmm. Really awesome part of our movement, this community of what we do. So thank you very much, Nancy. It's really awesome to have you with us and we couldn't do what we're doing without you. 
Mm -hmm. She actually sent us a really nice message as well, which we we're putting together all these really great messages that some of our more involved members have, have sent us personal messages and we're making it into a really nice video just to kind of show people what other people are saying about real life English. Yeah, we'll release that soon. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, actually. Yeah, hopefully. Excellent. So yeah, thanks, Nancy. You're great. You're the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, just before we move on to the news, you notice we didn't mention any five-star reviews in the shout-outs, but we're still accepting five-star reviews, so feel free. Yeah, we have a few in here, but yeah. we just wanted to say hi to, to Nancy because yeah. we need to take care of the community more in this podcast. We don't, we don't want to gloat so much about all of our really cool reviews, right? Yeah. <laughs> what does gloat mean? To gloat is to show people that you are really good in some way. So if people are saying really good things about you and you repeat what they said, you're kind of gloating about yourself. Like bragging almost? Like bragging, there you go, is another good one. Yeah, you do brag a lot. <laughs> yeah. Another expression could be to talk yourself up. You say that? Yeah, I'd probably say that sometimes. He's talking himself up. He's, he's saying really good things about himself to kind of sell himself to people. Okay, enough ranting. Let's get on to the news. What's new? What's your cat? So, Justin, I believe you had a pretty interesting news story to share with us today on the podcast. Something you thought was interesting enough, relevant enough to share with everyone here. Yeah, it seems to be a great new technology that might actually change the world in, in a lot of ways. So, it's researchers are making a 3D printer that can build a house in 24 hours. That's the headline? Yeah. Okay. So, researchers are what? Are making a 3D printer. Printer. Okay. That can build a house in 24 hours. Wow, build a house in 24 hours with a 3D printer. Imagine that. That'd be awesome. I'm going to order a new house right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's the, uh, so what's the gist? What's the gist of the, the article? What does gist mean? Oh, the gist. The gist of something is a, a very summarized explanation of what happens in that article. The, the gist of something is just a, a short explanation of it. So a university professor built this for the first time. This is the first time it's done. So it's a robot with a nozzle. The nozzle is like the piece on the end. Mm -hmm. At the University of Southern California, Professor Beckrow has built a colossal 3D printer that can build a house in 24 hours. Well, a what? What was the adjective he used there? He built a what printer? A colossal 3D printer. A colossal. What does colossal mean? Colossal means huge. Uh -huh. So Vecro's robot comes equipped with a nozzle that, sp that spews out concrete and can build a home based on a set computer pattern. So these are machines that are building, printing basically, houses based upon a, a predetermined pattern. Mm -hmm. And it's all controlled by a computer, right? It's a computer system that, I guess you just design the house and this machine just builds it? Yeah, apparently. The technology known as contour crafting could completely revolutionize the construction industry. Wow, that's pretty incredible. I've seen something like that before on a, I think it was a Zeitgeist movie. They predicted 3D printers would take over all of the manual labor that we have in the world kind of thing. It depends on what, what they do with it, right? Yeah, it's true. What they do with the people after that. If you had a 3D printer right here, right now, and you could make anything, what would you make? Uh, maybe I would build a pool. A pool? Yeah. Okay. Like, you don't have much space for a pool here. Where would you I, put the pool? I can build the space. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You think about having a pool party? Yeah. Next yeah. Real Life English party is going to be a pool party. Pool party? Nice. Wet t-shirt competition? <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. I think I would probably build... Because I think these 3D printers can pretty much build anything. Just going back there to a word that was used in the article, 
It's said that the machine spews out concrete. To spew out is to, to produce, to throw out, mm -hmm. kind of like in a way without control almost. Yeah. I'm not sure if you say this in, in the US, but in Australia, if you spew or to spew up is to vomit. Okay. Because that's kind of like the way the vomit comes out of your mouth. Is I, don't, I don't think we use that, but it does make sense. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, what would I make if I was to have a 3D printer right here, right now? And I can make something in seconds. I'll probably make a uh, new guitar. I think you can make anything. I think it's just... They're, they're making like human body parts right now. Really? Yeah, like I've, I've heard they're making ears and... Holy crap. Livers and stuff like that. But how do they... They must have that... I guess it's a, some kind of system. Like the 3D printer is a thing that actually makes and produces it. But you just have to get all of the materials, I guess. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. But hey, hopefully this is the future. Maybe people can make... English teachers. <laughs> <laughs> make human beings. Make... Yeah, I guess the... Sky's the limit. Yeah, man, definitely. The sky is the limit with 3D printers. Cool, thanks for sharing that with us today, Justin. That's interesting. If you guys know anything about 3D printers or have any cool information about them that you'd like to share with us, write a comment on the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have any other news that's interesting that we might want to share, let us know. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's it for the news. How about we move on today? How about we move on to today's conversation topic? Okay, Justin, I believe it was up to you to find some kind of topic of conversation for this podcast. What what have you got for us? So I suggested we talk about habits, creating habits, because we talked about New Year's resolutions last time. Mm -hmm. And we're starting the year out. It's a great time to start creating new habits. Mm -hmm, definitely, I guess. Most of the New Year's resolutions are habits that you have to build, aren't they? Yeah, most people don't know how to build habits. So it's very relevant for New Year's resolutions, for your English. And this podcast, we really want you to make it a habit. Mm -hmm. To do something regularly, and then it becomes automatic. Exactly, yeah. So creating habits, do you know much about that? What do you know about, do you have many habits that you, you, you do regularly? Yeah, you know, I meditate, I have a gratitude practice. It's okay. a habit. I think Just quickly explain gratitude practice to people that don't know. A gratitude practice is making a list of things that I'm grateful for, things I appreciate. And this is actually something that is scientifically de demonstrated to increase levels of happiness in like two minutes per day. Mm -hmm. If you just write down five things that you're grateful for and then you're, you train your brain to notice those things and those things increase mm -hmm. because you're paying attention to them. It's like those little things in life that you don't really focus on. Yeah, when somebody... Come, they come up more. You get more happy. Exactly. The little things like when somebody opens the door for you or maybe just you have luck on something or people doing nice things. Mm -hmm. Your life is full of these things but often we don't pay attention to them and so we forget very easily. We focus on the negative stuff and then that's in our awareness. Okay. So what's the deal with habits? What's, I, I, I mean, I have a lot of habits, but I've never really thought too much about how to create them and how to follow them. I've never really had much structure behind that. Do you, do you have some kind of structure behind your habits? Well, to be aware of, to, to know how a habit actually is created, because a lot of people start the new year, I'm going to work out. I'm going to work out every day and then they work out for like two weeks mm -hmm. they go to the gym for two weeks and mm -hmm. after that they they stop because mm -hmm. they've lost motivation yeah i think it's it's easy to be motivated at the start of the year but you know once february comes around march you kind of lose kind of you kind of fall off the horse what does fall off the horse mean to fall off the horse is when you start strong with something and like in this case figuratively if you're doing a habit very consistently you're technically on the horse and to fall off the horse is when you kind of stop doing that. 
Yeah, that happens because I think a lot of times people, they start the year and they, they put too many habits on their plate mm-hmm. at once. Yeah. And then... They everything, bite off more than they can chew, really. Yeah. <laughs> and then it all just falls apart at the same time because really the, the way to success is making small, sustainable changes. And, and usually a habit takes about maybe four to six weeks, four to six weeks to become permanent, to become unconscious. Mm-hmm. And then it's like brushing your teeth. You, you want to do it. You feel an absence when you don't do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what should people know about habits? You said it takes four to six weeks to, to make a habit permanent, to make it feel... I guess you feel kind of bad if you, if you have something that you've been doing consistently for four to six weeks and then you suddenly stop. You start to have some withdrawal symptoms. What does withdrawal mean? Withdrawal or withdrawal symptoms are when you stop doing something that you've been doing a lot or something that you like doing and you, you feel very negative and you have this kind of feeling that you should really be doing that. It, it's kind of a... There's something that makes me feel bad. It's like when I drink coffee, for example, and I stop. If I drink coffee for, for a couple months straight, mm-hmm. I stop, I get headaches. Yeah. And those are withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. It's like when you're smoking crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and you suddenly stop and you're like, oh, I really need the, to smoke the crack again. Yeah, that happens to me every time I start up. <laughs> Yeah, obviously we're joking, but it is the same term that we would use for people who are junkies, people who are drug users, they have these symptoms. But that's not a very good habit to start doing, so we do not, definitely do not suggest you guys start doing drugs. So another thing about habits is a lot of people believe that they have to be 100% perfect. And they have this mindset, this attitude going into the habit, creating it that, oh, if, if I fail, if I fall off the horse, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm done. But you need to have, shoot for 100%, try for 100%. But be happy with 80%. Mm-hmm. When you fall off the horse, get back on. Bounce back. Bounce back? Yeah. What do, you, what do you mean by bounce back? Bounce back is to have some resilience. Get up. To come, come back strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. And don't be... Don't just give up. Yeah. And that tends to be the case. They expect too much from themselves. But really, you want to make a habit over the long term. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you fall off the horse, just get back on. Yeah. If you've missed one or two podcasts... Don't worry, just go back. They're always there. You can always listen. This is the same thing with English with, if you miss a couple weeks, then don't worry about it. You got to get back on Yeah. with any habit. But another important aspect of, of habits is that there's a thing called keystone habit. A what habit? A keystone habit. A keystone habit. What is that? A keystone habit is like a habit that changes everything else. So for example, a popular keystone habit is exercise. Because when you start an exercise habit, other aspects of your life improve too. Mm-hmm. And you create other habits from that very easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, since I've been more focused on exercise and person, you know, my physical health, I've broken my bad habits as well. Like, physical health, I think it's something that's so strong that I've stopped. Like I mentioned last podcast, my New Year's resolution is to quit smoking totally and, you know, cut, cut back on my drinking. Well, what does cut back mean? To cut back on something is to not stop completely, but do considerably less. Well, there's a, where there's a will, there's a way, right? Where there's a will, there's a way. What does that mean? Where there is a will, there is a way. It means that if you want to do something really, if it's a true intention, a true desire, then there is a way. Mm-hmm. You just need to be persistent. Exactly, yeah. So, um, keystone habits is like exercise. Anything else would you consider? Med- meditation for me is a keystone habit. Okay. That's something very good. Another metaphor, the elephant and the rider of the elephant. And so the idea is that 
your willpower, that effort that you have to give to maintain a habit is like the rider, the person that's riding the elephant. Mm-hmm. And the elephant is like your emotions. So if you're not emotionally invested in a habit, it's really, really difficult to control the elephant because your willpower is very, very weak compared to your emotional investment mm-hmm. or lack thereof. Wow, well, that's an interesting metaphor. Have you ever actually ridden an elephant? <laughs> Um, no, but I've, I've had my picture taken close to one. How about you? You live in Australia. There's no elephants in Australia. <laughs> uh, it's close to Asia though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't, no, I haven't ever ridden or I haven't even seen, I've only seen an elephant at, at the zoo. No, I think in Thailand they have a lot of elephants there. Do you have any pictures of elephants on the, on the wall at your house maybe? No, my mom collects elephants. I mean, not actually the animal, but ornaments. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, she likes it. I mean, it's it's a, a artistic kind of thing. Don't know why she just likes elephants. There's one la- one last thing just to finish off this subject about creating habits and and maintaining good habits. We're talking about something called a trigger. What is a trigger? I think this is very important in in helping you remember your habit. I believe. Yeah, trigger is is something that that causes your habit to activate. In that moment, mm-hmm. it activates your habit. So yeah. a trigger, like a gun, has a trigger. Yeah, what is a trigger exactly? Explain the trigger. Trigger on the gun is the part that you... That you pressure to shoot the gun. Yeah, you, you push the trigger and that makes the bullet come out. Yeah. yeah, and so you have triggers for every habit. So for example, every time you smell coffee, you might want to have a cup of coffee. I mm-hmm. smoked cigarettes for three years. Mm-hmm. And horrible habit. I'm glad I quit. Tried like a hundred times to quit. Mm-hmm. But the trigger was when I... When I smelled coffee, I wanted a cigarette. <laughs> oh, like coffee was related to cigarettes for you. Because I smoked and drank coffee together. Okay, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm the same. I think nicotine and caffeine are very similar kind of drugs. And I think another one is like when you go out and have a beer. Mm-hmm. And so, because there's a trigger and then there's an action, habit. Mm-hmm. You need to replace the habit. And so every habit has three things, the trigger, the action, and the reward. Okay. So the key to improving your habits, replacing a bad habit with a good one, is replacing the activity but maintaining some sort of reward. Okay. What would be a reward in this case? So maybe instead of smoking a cigarette, you this is your moment to take a breath of fresh air and maybe like chew a piece of gum. <laughs> you get the good okay. taste. So you're just replacing one thing with another. Yeah. Okay. That's not as bad for you. Is there a such thing as a good trigger if I want to start a new habit like if... Everyone out there who's who's thinking, I really want to focus on my English this year, what would be a, a positive trigger? Something that they could use to always remind them that they should be practicing a little bit of English every day. Maybe something on their phone. Maybe having your phone in English. Mm. Maybe something you carry with you. Maybe doing stuff that you already enjoy doing that you would normally do that you were already addicted to mm-hmm. in English. So if you smoke cigarettes, maybe buy cigarettes with in English. You know? <laughs> <laughs> English package. <laughs> 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 but that's a good one. Your phone, you know, I think I've done this for, for example, learning Portuguese. A good trigger was my Facebook was in Portuguese. It's like every time I'm using Facebook, I'm, I'm, oh, Portuguese, I should really focus on that a little bit. Or cell phone, oh, it's in Portuguese, I should really practice Portuguese. Yeah, that's great. And there's another, there's another topic here that ties into this that I think is very relevant. What do you mean by ties into this? That connects to this. Okay. For example, if you want to eat healthy, mm-hmm. then you put the good healthy food in the front of your refrigerator and mm. keep good food around. Okay. So it's like your, your environment 
is designed to support your habits. Mm -hmm. It's promoting the healthy food and pushing the junk food behind. Exactly. So when you open the fridge, you see healthy food and you're more likely to eat it. Mm -hmm. And so if the healthy food is in the back, when you open the fridge, mm -hmm. your willpower is weak and you're naturally going to have Coca-Cola and ice cream or whatever. Exactly. What is willpower exactly? Just to, to explain that expression. Willpower is like your conscious power to, to control your habits. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. There's another, I guess it's kind of when you have a craving, mm -hmm. uh, a craving is the words like when you really, you know, people that are addicted to something, if I was addicted to drinking coffee and I suddenly think, oh, I have to drink a cup of coffee right now. That's, that's my craving for coffee. So I think willpower is a great way to stop your cravings. You have to have a lot of willpower to not drink coffee. But the thing about willpower is you have a limited supply. Unlimited? You have a very limited supply. Unlimited. It's a muscle that can get tired. And so when you're building a new habit, you're constantly exercising that. So if you build too many habits at the same time, it's impossible because you get very tired. Your willpower and all of them collapse. Mm -hmm. Great. So what I was going to say about the trigger about English, maybe if you drive a car, always have English in your stereo. So when you open, when you turn on your car, you have us speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe every time you get on the bus, mm -hmm. get in the habit mm -hmm. of turning on your English, listening to it. Yeah. The same moment every day. Just fill your cell phone or your iPod or whatever, just fill it up with podcasts. So it's always there. It's always ready and conveniently there in your phone to listen to. It's a great habit. Yeah. <laughs> just doing stuff you like again. Yeah. But there's a really good video that I recommend. We'll put this in the show notes called The Power of Habit. I learned a lot of this from a book I read that kind of changed my perspective on this. That I think it's, it's a really awesome book that I think you're going to enjoy. Mm -hmm. So we'll link the video. Excellent. Great. So we hope that this conversational topic has helped you to think a little bit more about your habits and even think about how you can create some strong English learning habits, which we strongly recommend you do. And we strongly recommend you use the Real Life English podcast. Heck yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's move on to the question. Okay, so we're going to answer that awesome question we mentioned at the start of this podcast. And that is the pronunciation of the American T sound, which is quite different to the, the very strong British T sound, isn't it, Justin? Yeah, and it's not just American. It's Canadian too, and I think it's infiltrating other countries. It is, it is, definitely. I mean, I think you speak like this too. Yeah, I mean, even I think some Australians do this. I mean, it's something like what we're, what we're kind of ex exposing you guys to here is a lot of the connected speech. And I think when you do connected speech, that strong T, like the T sound is often kind of taken out. It yeah. Sometimes become D. Like so can explain. an example here is, is like the word better. I never say better. I say better. Mm -hmm. Or later, later. Mm -hmm. later and so it's not as hard as like a, a, a d sound i don't say later 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 no it's later uh -huh. better or even numbers I, I like to teach with numbers like uh 30 40 50 60 because i think that's actually much more easy to communicate than for example 13 30 oh yeah you're right the difference between those is very difficult for an english learner to, to hear the difference yeah even even i have a hard time understanding the difference by speaking to a British person sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I, t I teach the American pronunciation with that. Okay. But the interesting thing is that it's not just on words like, okay, better becomes better. And the rule is, this is a very loose rule, is that anytime you have a, a T between two vowels, not anytime, but often, mm -hmm. the T becomes a D. 
Okay. So B E T T E R. Mm-hmm. The T T becomes a D. Better. 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 Yeah. Uh, later, it's the same thing. L A T E R. Later. Okay. And so the interesting thing is that this is not just on one word. You can have different words. Like for example, I say cat and dog. But if I put them together, I say cat and dog. Mm, so you're referencing the two vowels, like the A in the cat and the A in the and. Yeah. That, even though they're separate words, it still is considered two vowels, the T's between two vowels. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's interesting. And I can also do this at the beginning of a word, like the word tomorrow, for example, when I put it together in connected speech. Mm-hmm. So if I say very slowly, what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Is what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do tomorrow? Okay, repeat it as slowly one time and then quickly one time, please. What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do tomorrow? Yes, the tomorrow, not tomorrow. This is very common in connected speech with Americans, especially. Okay, can you say it one more time, quickly? What are you going to do tomorrow? Or what are you going to do tomorrow? Yeah, what are you going to do tomorrow? Yeah, so it's all together. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I think... um, even like when people say British English is that strong like T sound, I think that really exaggerated like T, like butter and better. That's a very posh English sound. What, what does posh mean? Posh is that style of English. It's very, it's very connected to, to British English because posh, you think of people that are like the royal family. They're very elegant. They're very formal. And they speak like this, butter and better. But you also notice that the UK and England, there are many other types of accents, you know. I know some people that wouldn't say better that, or, or later, they'd say, uh, see you later. <laughs> see you later, mate. <laughs> yeah, that, later. that is definitely an accent. It's, it's not the same as that posh British later. It's later. See you later, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So I think when people are, are very, they, they just have like, it's either black or white. It's either the American D, T sound, or it's the formal British tea butter, you know, but it's not like that. Yeah, and, and they, they have their own uh, connected speech, their own ways of speaking as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're speaking correctly and we're speaking incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the way we speak is standard English, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of the world speaks that way. And I think in regards to like, the connected speech, a lot of it is actually the same. It's just you have to take a, the, the slight difference in, in accent into consideration there, which does change definitely. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. That's so we did a, I did a real-life TV episode that I'm going to link here that has an article related. If you'd like to learn more about this and a little bit longer lesson, video lesson. Excellent. So yeah. click on that. Great. Excellent. So that pretty much concludes our podcast for today. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you guys are... Hope you guys are creating a lot of willpower to be able to learn English with the new and improved Real Life English podcast. Don't forget, we have all of the new materials available. That is the transcript with the connected speech highlighted throughout the transcript. Don't forget, there's a glossary with all the expressions and new vocabulary that we have used in this podcast. And I think you will notice this, what I just taught, this American T. Mm-hmm. You will notice this throughout the entire connected speech. It's very common. PDF, and, and we'll highlight that in there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to play you out with a, it's kind of an older song now, but it's a pretty cool song by Tub Thumping. It's called I Get Knocked Down. It's quite relevant to this podcast. What does Get Knocked Down mean? So in this case, to get knocked down would be, you know, in a, in a literal sense, if someone like hits you and you fall over. But because we're talking about creating habits, maybe if you 
fall off the horse. Get back on. Yeah. If you get knocked down, get up again. Exactly. You're never gonna keep me down. Never gonna keep me down. Yeah. So yeah, that's what the song's all about. If you fall off the horse, just bounce back. If you stop these new habits which you're trying to create, just bounce back. Get back up again. Make that a habit. Exactly. Exactly. Okay guys, remember to take advantage of this great opportunity that we are offering you. With this podcast, we are offering free materials which include transcripts, transcripts have been adapted to teach you guys connected speech, and we're giving you a glossary of all the new words, expressions, slang, swear words, everything we say in this podcast. So if you want to really take your English to the next level and start speaking fluent real lifestyle with rhythm and flow <laughs> that's it don't forget to give us your email and we'll give you all of our new materials so thanks a lot see you next week take care guys oh yeah